0: Hi, it's Glenn here, your host for the MSMU Online CHE1A podcast. This is episode six. The volume here might be a little bit different compared to previous podcasts. I'm sorry for the inconvenience. I've just uh, changed to a different piece of software to record the podcast, and I'm just not sure about the microphone gain here Um how that compares to uh, the the microphone gain on the software I was using previously. But anyways, let me just get right into the interesting stuff here, the problem-by-problem advice column that I'm running for the WebAssign. The last WebAssign, I think it's due tomorrow night, is called Additional Problems. There are 11 problems here, and you've seen calculations like these before. The wording might be a little bit different here. They're trying to make it interesting. Here, let me describe these for you. In number one, the primary active component in Preventol is 2-phenylphenol, formula is C12H10O, you're going to have probably some other drug in your problem uh, with some other formula. Calculate the formula mass of 2-phenylphenol. To do this, do you remember this, the formula mass? It's also known as the molar mass. You use the periodic table. My favorite is on ptable.com. And you take the formula, C12H10O, you see how much the C weighs on that uh, periodic table, you see how much the H weighs, you see how much the O weighs. You take that C weight, multiply it by 12. You take the H weight, multiply it by 10. You take the O weight, don't multiply it by anything. I'm getting those numbers, 12, 10, and nothing, from the formula itself. It was C12H10O. So then I'll just add up all those products of multiplication, just add them all up, and I got the answer. In in units of atomic mass units, they're asking for the formula mass in atomic mass units here. But remember, if they were asking for the formula mass in units of grams per mole, it would be exactly the same number because the unit of moles has been intentionally designed by chemists so that when you look at the periodic table, all the masses that you see, those long decimal numbers, are the mass of each atom in atomic mass units, but also the exact same number is the mass of one mole of each atom in grams. Number two, um, calculate the formula mass of methyl bromide, CH3Br. You're going to have some other compound. Uh, Here, they want you to keep the number of decimal places that you see on the periodic table. They don't want you to round this off at all. This is going to be in atomic mass units. So that means when you look on ptable.com, and you see that the mass of the carbon is 12.011, you're gonna use all those digits. When you see see that the mass of the hydrogen is 1.008, you're gonna use all those digits. And when you see that the mass of the bromine, well, for me it's bromine, for you it's probably gonna be something else, 79.904, you're gonna use all those digits. That means that your answer needs to have three numbers after the dot, folks. You're gonna multiply these by whatever numbers are subscripted in the formula, And your answer is going to need to have three digits after the dot, okay? Next one, number three, the molar mass of potassium carbonate, K2CO3. You're going to have a different compound here with a different formula. The units are in grams per mole. But remember, folks, this is exactly the same calculation as in one and two. The units are in grams per mole, but it's the same number that you're going to get as if the unit were AMU, atomic mass units. That's how the quantity of moles was designed. It's very convenient. I think it's a beautiful thing. The reason why I think it's a beautiful thing is because we have this convenient way here of counting molecules. I mean, it, it, it is an approximate count, but still, we are keeping track of things approximately one by one that you can't even see. Even you used a microscope, you could not see a molecule. You would have to use some sophisticated imaging device that doesn't even use light to look at things. It would use like a beam of electrons or something like that to look at these individual molecules or even individual atoms. There is no way that you're going to see that. So uh, how are we counting them? How are we knowing even an approximate number of them? We're doing it by the mass. We're just weighing them. And we know how much each type of atom ways by looking at the periodic table. Those things have been measured very carefully in the way that I described in episode one, using that mass spectrometer. This is just, this is just like sci-fi type of stuff, you know? But it's happening. You're learning it. You're making calculations right here. Number four, the active ingredient in a common treatment for upset stomach is sodium bicarbonate. You know, that's just baking soda. Calculate the percent mass of hydrogen. So for this, you're going to have to calculate the molar mass of baking soda. You, uh, They have a formula here, NAHCO3. You will find all of those guys on the periodic table. You will add them all up, multiplying the O by 3. And then that number, that molar mass, that's going to be the denominator of the division problem you're about to do. So that goes on the bottom. You draw the fraction bar or the slash, whatever you like. And on the top, you just write the molar mass of the hydrogen. In this case, baking soda only has one hydrogen atom per molecule. So you just put one molar mass of hydrogen, which is 1.008 grams per mole from the periodic table. So that's 1.008 divided by whatever molar mass you calculated for the sodium bicarbonate, the baking soda. You do that division problem. Multiply the answer by 100, and then tack a percent sign on that, and that's the percent hydrogen. You got the same problem in number five. It's just a different compound, the percent by mass of nitrogen in potassium amide, KNH2. You're going to have, you know, a different compound, probably, but it's the same calculation. Number six, the number of moles in KMNO4. This is potassium permanganate. This stuff just, you know, as a interesting aside, this stuff, p- potassium perm- permanganate, is a very beautiful, deep purple color. It, it, it's just a beautiful thing. And the reason why potassium, per- perma- potassium permanganate is so useful to, you know, urban living is because we use potassium permanganate to recharge some forms of water filters. Sorry, these uh, these dogs that I'm babysitting. So in some cities, they have a lot of iron in the water that they pull out of the ground in wells. And to filter out that iron, because it tastes horrible, uh, to filter out that iron, they often use uh, filtration media called manganese greensand. And in order to activate that or to even recharge it, if it's been in use for a long time, you run potassium permanganate through there. It's a it's 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 like a miracle, but anyways, uh, the number of moles of potassium permanganate KMnO4 in 223 grams of the substance. This is how you do it. Oh, you've done this before, actually. You write down the number that they gave you, 223 grams. In my case, in your case, it'll be something different, and then you multiply that by this fraction. The fraction is going to have moles on top and grams on the bottom. Why? Because the problem says calculate. The problem says calculate the moles. Did you hear me? Sorry, these dogs are barking. The problem says calculate the moles. So you're going to want moles on top. You're going to want the grams in the bottom because you need to cancel out the grams that you just wrote down, those 223 grams. For me, it's 223. For you, it's going to be something else. So what in this problem can relate moles and grams well, the molar mass of KMnO4, potassium permanganate. So you just, you, you just go to the periodic table, and you add up the molar mass of KMnO4. and You put those grams on the bottom. You put one mole on top because it's that many grams in one mole of KMnO4. Grams cancel. Moles are all that's left. You go to your calculator. 223 divided by the molar mass, whatever grams you added up from the periodic table. And that's the answer. Okay, moving straight into number seven here. Sodium nitrate, NaNO3, historically known as chili saltpeter, is the primary oxidizing agent in aqua regia. How many formula units of sodium nitrate are present in 34.4 grams of the substance? This question seems intimidating because you have not heard of chili saltpeter. You have not heard of aqua regia, probably. Aqua regia is... um, totally besides the point. The only real problem here is how many formula units of sodium nitrate are present in 34.4 grams of the substance. When they say the substance, they're talking about sodium nitrate. So all you need to do is add up the molar mass of sodium nitrate, NaNO3, and convert to moles, and then convert to molecules. That's what they mean by formula units here. So here's how you do it. You write, down the, you write down the number they gave you, 34.4 grams, NaNO3. And then you set up a fraction to multiply by this. The fraction will have grams NaNO3 on the bottom and moles NaNO3 on the top. Yes, that's right. That's the molar mass. You'll get the grams NaNO3 from the periodic table, and you'll put one mole NaNO3 on top. So now the grams NaNO3 will cancel. So now you have moles NaNO3. You multiply all that work by something that converts moles into molecules. What is that? Well, remember, 2 are in a pair. 12 are in a dozen. 6.022 times 10 and 23rd power are in a mole. So there are 6.022 times 10 and 23rd power formula units, or molecules, in a mole. So you need something with moles on the bottom at this point to cancel out your moles in your calculation. So you put one mole on the bottom, and you put 6.022 times 10 and 23rd formula units on top. All the units are canceled out at this point, except for the formula units. Run this through Mr. Calculator, and you get 34.4 grams, which is the uh, the, the number that was given in my problem. It's going to be a different number in your problem. Divided by whatever molar mass you added up from the periodic table. And that's going to be times 6.022 times 10 to 23rd power. And that's going to be the answer in formula units. Remember, you got to round that down to three significant figures. At least I need to. Because the number they gave me, 34.4, that has three significant figures. And I just did multiplication and division on that. So when you do multiplication and division... The rule for significant figures is you need to count the least number of significant figures that is in the measurements given and use that number. Okay, folks, number eight, how many molecules of xylose are in 22.7 grams of the substance? By the substance, they mean xylose. They give a formula here, C5H10O5. This is the same calculation as in the previous problem. I write it down, 22.7 grams. You're gonna write down something else. And then I get the molar mass. I put that on the bottom in grams and one mole on top. And then I multiply that by that special number of moles where I put one mole on the bottom and that special number on top, 6.022 times 10 to the 23rd. And then run that through Mrs. Calculator and boom, the answer is in molecules. You got it. Number nine, ethylene dichloride, which is present in paint removers, was found to consist of 24% 24% carbon, 4% hydrogen, 72% chlorine by mass. Find the empirical formula. Okay, this is a problem that you have not seen before. And I will be explaining this not only here, but also in a video. You'll take each of those percentages and you'll convert them into grams. You have to assume that you have 100 grams of this uh, this molecule. You can, you can assume you have any number of grams as long as you multiply that number by each percentage. But it's just so convenient if you use 100 grams. So for example, if I have 100 grams of this molecule, this ethylene dichloride, is 24% carbon, so that means there are 24 grams of carbon. It's 4% hydrogen, so that means there are 4 grams of hydrogen. It's 72% chlorine, that means there are 72 grams of chlorine. You're gonna take each of those grams, you're gonna convert it to moles. First of all, 24 grams of carbon. Convert convert that to moles by using the periodic table. Periodic table says that carbon is 12.011 grams per mole. So I take my 24 grams of carbon, multiply that by a fraction that has one mole carbon on top and 12.011 grams carbon on the bottom. The grams of carbon will cancel out. Your answer is in moles you're going to do that for the carbon, you're going to do it for the hydrogen, you're going to do it for the chlorine. You're going to have 3 moles, 3 numbers that are moles and it's going to be one m- number of moles for each, the C, the H, and the Cl. It's rem- it's important in this case when you do this calculations, th- when you do these moles calculations, it's, it's important to keep all of the digits that you can. So If your percent was something like 24.27%, that's four significant digits. You gotta have your answer in four significant digits of moles. If your percent was like 4.07% hydrogen, then you gotta have your answer in three significant digits because there are three significant digits in 4.07%. Okay? Now, once you have those moles, you take the lowest number of moles that you have among those three numbers of moles and you divide each number by that lowest number of moles so one of those div- one of those answers to your division problem is going to be 1 because it's the number divided by itself and the rest of those numbers are going to be whole numbers okay they're going to be something like 0.01 away from whole- a whole number So if you had like 2.01 as an answer, you're just going to round that to 2. If you had 1.98 as an answer, you're going to round that also to 2. If you had 1.49 as an answer, you do not round that, okay? If you happen to have 1.49 as an answer, you're going to consider that 1.5, but um, I'll tell you more about that later, think I'm going to look for a video uh, that does this in a very efficient way for you, okay? So now anyways, what do you do with these whole numbers? You've divided all the moles by the lowest number of moles there, and you've got these whole numbers conveniently rounded. What do you do with them? Those are your subscripts, folks. That's it. The whole number that you got from the carbon calculation, that's the subscript for the carbon. The whole number that you got from the hydrogen calculation, that's a subscript for the hydrogen. And the whole number that you got for the chlorine calculation, that's the subscript for the chlorine. That is how you do the empirical formula calculation, folks. It does get one level more complicated. But um, I will tackle that when we see a problem like that here in the WebAssign. Let's look at number 10. Number 10 is not necessarily about the empirical formula, but it's about the molecular formula. So uh, eugenol, one of the simplest molecules of a class of molecules, known as phenylpropenes, has an empirical formula of C5H6O and a formula mass of 164.20 AMU. What is its molecular formula? So here they give you the empirical formula, and they're asking you for a molecular formula. And here's what that's all about. The empirical formula, folks, is just the simplest form, the most reduced form of a chemical formula. It's called empirical because the word empirical means by experiment. Somebody took a substance and broke it down chemically as far as they could and weighed all of the components of that substance. That was a set of experiments, So by that set of experiments, they conclude that the formula of that substance is such and such. However, you see, folks, they can't know from just that set of experiments, that set of breaking down chemically experiments, they can't know if the true formula for that chemical is what they found or two times what they found or three times what they found. Do you know what I mean? For example... If someone were trying to find the chemical formula of hydrogen peroxide, they would do some experiment to break this down into hydrogen atoms and oxygen atoms, and they would find that for every hydrogen atom, there is one oxygen atom. In their calculation, as you just did in the previous problem, they would find that the answer at the end is one for hydrogen and one for oxygen. So it would be HO. The formula would be HO, that is the empirical formula. But that's not the true chemical formula for hydrogen peroxide. It is H2O2. In order to figure out that HO is not correct and H2O2 is correct, you, you need to find uh, that the correct answer is arrived at by multiplying HO by 2. One atom of H, one atom of O, multiply it by two, you get two atoms of H, two atoms of O. How can anyone get that two? They get that two by finding the molar mass of one full molecule of the substance. If you can find somehow the molar mass or the formula mass of one full molecule of the substance, then you use that information Combined with your experimental information, where you broke the substance down into its individual atoms, and together, those two bits of information, you can get the molecular formula. And here's exactly how. Um, You take the formula mass of your empirical formula. In my case, in in this example, it was HO. The formula mass of HO added up on the periodic table is something like, 17 grams per mole. The formula mass of H2O2, if you somehow got the molecular weight of H2O2, that happens to be something like 34 grams per mole. You take the molar mass of the molecule divided by the formula mass of your empirical formula, 34 divided by 17, and that will equal a whole number. In my case, it's 2. That is the number that you use to multiply your empirical formula. So mine was HO. I take that number two that I just got, multiply. So I got H2O2. That's the correct formula for hydrogen peroxide. Now in my problem on WebAssign, it's a little more complicated. The formula in this problem is for eugenol. Eugenol is the smelly stuff in cloves. I love cloves. Like I grind that up and put it in carrot cake, you know. So the smelly stuff in cloves, the smelly molecule, is C5H6O. You will go to the periodic table, and you'll find the formula mass of that C5H6O, and then you will do division. They give you the formula mass of the molecule. Um, In my case, it was 164.20 AMU. It's the same as grams per mole, of course. Now, you take that formula mass of the molecule, the full molecule, 164.20 164.20 divided by the formula mass of the empirical formula that you just calculated from the periodic table. So it's the bigger number divided by the littler number and you're going to get a whole number here. You're going to take that whole number and multiply it by the f- the empirical formula. So let's say the whole number was 3. Okay? It's not really 3 but let's say it's 3. I multiply C5H6O by 3 so it's C 5 times 3 c 15 h 6 times 3, H18, O, 1 times 3, O3. So it will be C15, H18, O3. It will be something like that, okay? Now, I'm not saying that's the answer, but I'm saying that's how to calculate the answer, right? One more time. You take the formula mass of your empirical formula from the periodic table. You, you write that down. And then you take the molar mass that they gave you, the formula mass of the actual molecule, which is going to be a larger number or the same number. And then you take that larger number, you put it on top. You take your smaller number, the empirical formula, formula mass on the bottom. You do division, the top divided by the bottom, and then you get a whole number. Multiply your empirical formula by that whole number, and boom, you've got the molecular formula. Sometimes the empirical formula mass ends up being the same as the molecular formula mass. So that means the answer when you do the division is going to be 1. That means you multiply your empirical formula by 1. In those cases, the empirical formula was, in fact, the same as the molecular formula. Okay? So not to worry. Uh, there's nothing wrong with what you're doing if you got the answer of 1 when you, do, when you do the division. It's just that the empirical formula is the same as the molecular formula, and you just write it down in the answer box as as the molecular formula. You just write down c six O. Okay, so um, if you have any questions about that, please send me an email. The last problem here on the website is a sample of drinking water, perhaps 700 grams, contains some amount of chlorobenzene, which is perhaps 0.0410 milligrams. Express the concentration of chlorobenzene in ppm. What is the molality of chlorobenzene in the solution? Okay. Now, first of all, the PPM. Remember that PPM is the same as milligrams per kilogram. Milligrams of whatever you dissolved in there, the solute, over kilograms of the whole solution. So all we need to do here is write down the milligrams of chlorobenzene, 0.0410 milligrams, divided by the kilograms of the sample of drinking water. Now, this sample of drinking water is 700 grams. So you must convert that to kilograms. That's going to be 0.7000 kilograms. So it's 0.0410 milligrams divided by 0.7 and whatever number of zeros are necessary for significance, kilograms. Do division, and boom, that's the answer in ppm. Milligrams per kilogram, folks. That's the easy way to do it. Of course, in your textbook, I believe on page 159, um, there is example, I believe it's example 3.25, where they show you a different method. You're free to use whatever method you like. I just recommend the milligrams per kilogram method because I find it easy for me. Part B of this problem is molality. Molality is something new. Molality is in the book... However, uh, I am going to explain it at length right here. Molality is just like molarity, except molality is moles of the stuff that got dissolved divided by kilograms of the solvent, in this case, the water. Notice how this is different from molarity. Molarity is moles of the stuff that got dissolved divided by liters of the solution, That's the total solution, including the water and whatever is dissolved in the water. Molality is different because it is moles of the stuff that got dissolved divided by kilograms of, not the whole solution, but kilograms of just the water. Okay. Now, in our case, for this problem, um, molality is very similar to molarity because this This is drinking water we 're talking about The amount of stuff that 's dissolved in drinking water is so low that the kilograms of the drinking water is going to be the same as the kilograms of just the pure water in drinking water. Do you know what I mean? Drinking water is mostly pure water there 's some stuff dissolved in there, but that stuff takes up so much uh, that that stuff takes up so little space, and that stuff offers so little so, so, such a tiny quantity of mass to the drinking water that the mass of the drinking water is virtually the same as the mass of the pure water in the drinking water. So anyways, to calculate the molality of chlorobenzene in this drinking water, we're going to have to convert the chlorobenzene to moles. Once we've done that, we'll divide it by kilograms of the drinking water. We've already seen in part A that in my case, the kilograms of drinking water is 0.7 with a bunch of zeros after that. For you, it may be some other number. So I'm going to write that down, 0.7 with whatever number of zeros I need for significance at at, at the bottom. And then that's the bottom of a fraction. On the top, I'm going to put the moles of chlorobenzene. How do I find the moles? Well, they gave me 0.0410 milligrams. I write down 0.04, uh, 0.0410 milligrams converted to grams by putting 1000 milligrams in the bottom, 1 gram on top. Milligrams cancel. Now I have grams. I go to the periodic table and find out how many grams of this chlorobenzene there are in a mole. So what was the formula for chlorobenzene? C6H5Cl. I add those up on the periodic table. I put Let's see, the grams on the bottom because I want them to cancel, and the moles on top, because I want moles. The moles are just one mole. It's a certain number of grams in one mole. Do this in Mrs. Calculator, and I get number of moles. Go back to my fraction that I have that I had set up with 0.7000 on the bottom. That's 0.7000 kilograms of water. I put that number of moles that I just fi- found on top. Do the division on the calculator and that's the molality. That was number 11 folks. And that's it. Thank you very much. Um, I will be posting a video uh, either by me or by somebody else for number 10 for ya okay If I can find something that will show number 11 in a visual way, I mean, part B of number 11 in a visual way, then I will. Thank you. Bye.